Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. Today is October 28th, the last Friday before Halloween. And uh, it's going to be an amazing Halloween. And it's going to be an amazing weekend because my Philadelphia Phillies are in the World Series this year against the Houston Astros. And uh, looking forward to an incredible, incredible World Series. Good luck to both teams, but especially good luck to my Phillies. So we're going to start things off and we are going to uh, talk about crypto and uh, what's going on in the world today. Um, and before we do. Before we do, we're going to uh, talk about one final thing. Um, we had a great event last weekend with the Litecoin Summit. Uh, all uh, energy was there. I wasn't there, but from what I see and all the videos and all the TV shows and everything, it was an amazing event. And there's an amazing event coming on in November called Block Bali. It's in Indonesia, in Bali, and it's going to be a truly wonderful and amazing event. Um, and Crypto Hipster podcast is a sponsor of that event so um it's going to be wonderful so let's kick things off let's talk about binance oh let's talk about twitter okay elon musk uh yesterday closed out twitter fired a whole bunch of people who didn't deserve to be there and uh cleaning house taking names cleaning house cleaning shop it's a wonderful thing um many people like me at times felt we were shadow banned by Twitter. So it's going to be a new opportunity for content creators. And it's going to be, I'm looking really forward to seeing uh, what's happening and going to happen. So Binance wired $500 million to back Elon Musk's, uh, Musk's Twitter takeover, according to ZZ, CZ, Binance CEO CZ, Cheng Peng Zhao. Says the company followed through with a $500 million commitment to back Elon Musk's high profile Twitter takeover. Musk reportedly sealed the deal October 27, which is this week, yesterday, uh, and with a handful of Twitter executives escorted to the door um, as the new owner of the social media platform. Um, Binance had indicated it would co invest in Twitter back in May alongside 18 other investors, um, including Sequoia Fidelity Management and research company. And, uh, you know, let me know your thoughts. What do you think is going to be like with Elon Musk running the show over there at Twitter? I'm looking forward to see what happens. Now, um, according to Solidus Labs, I have a very interesting backstory with Solidus, which I'm not going to talk to you about. But anyway, they did uh, Web3, 15 new scam smart contracts an hour. He says uh, the Web3 and cryptocurrency space is seeing a significant amount of smart contract scams proliferating with blockchain risk monitoring from a Sol Solidus lab saying it has detected an average of 15 newly deployed scams every hour. Um, they said that they've been monitoring 12 blockchains, including Ethereum, Polygon, and BNB chain since October 10. 
um, and um, former U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau Director Kathy Craniger, who is now Solidus Vice President of Regulatory Affairs, said in a statement that while some of the big rug pulls and scams make the news, the full picture stemming from our data shows the vast majority of these scams go unnoticed. And they are looking, uh, they are a crypto security company. And, um, you know, so they have a vested interest in selling you on their product and service. Uh, let me know your thoughts. So, um, next, looks rare is the latest NFT market to sack royalties. Uh, so, you got an NFT platform sacking royalties. Non-fungible token marketplace Rooksware is the latest in a string of NFT markets to do away with enforcing creator royalties by default, following the likes of Magic Eden and X2Y2. The platform tweeted on October 27 it would not be supporting creator royalties by default, instead choosing to share 25% of its protocol fees with NFT creators and collection owners. Buyers can still choose to pay royalties when purchasing an NFT, but it will be an opt-in basis. So that's another situation where the centralized platform is taking its cut. Um, so we need a decentralized solution. Let me know your thoughts. Next, we will stay, we will go to the U.S., We'll stay in the U.S. I'm in the U.S. We're going to stay here in the U.S. and talk about the Crypto Council for Innovation poll. It sees crypto voters as a force to be reckoned with in this upcoming election season. A poll conducted by the Crypto Council for Innovation, CCI, has shown that candidates' position on crypto may impact the outcome of the United States' midterm elections. Significant numbers of voters are well disposed towards crypto and want to see it treated as a serious and valid part of the economy. And bipartisanship is strong in the crypto community. The CCI commissioned a poll of 1,208 people about their attitudes toward crypto and the upcoming elections. 13% of respondents want uh, cryptocurrency in line. Uh, they own it. Actually, 13% of the people who polled own crypto, 16% own stock, and 12% own mutual funds, and 5% own bonds. So it had a good mix of results, and um, it is going to play an impact. And, and elections coming up, let me know your thoughts on what you think will happen and should happen. Now, we're going to talk about the U.S. currency comptroller. Okay. There are opening a new office of financial technology in 2023. Uh, it will create this office of financial technology that will incorporate the office of innovation, which was set up in 2016. It will be led by chief financial technology officer who hasn't been named yet, I guess, who will report to the senior deputy comptroller of bank supervision policy. The OCC describes itself as the U.S.'s preeminent prudential supervisor. Um, it's an independent bureau of Treasury Department and also charters financial institutions. Um, acting comptroller Michael Hsu has said in a statement, 
to ensure the federal banking system is safe, sound, and fair today and well into the future, we need to have a deep understanding of financial technology and the financial technology landscape. The establishment of this office will enable us to be more agile and to promote responsible innovation consistent with our mission. It'll be very interesting to see how this plays out and we'll see. So let's go to uh, Silicon Valley. We're moving from Washington to Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley tech CEOs are not big fans of metaverses. Interesting. During a Wall Street Journal event, well, there you go. Microsoft Gaming Chief Phil Spencer and Snap CEO Evan Spiegel revealed that they are not big fans of the metaverse in its current form. Spencer called the metaverse's current iteration a poorly built video game referring to the ecosystem's bad graphics and low-quality interfaces. The Microsoft gaming chief noted that the gaming world still has an advantage over the metaverse in creating different engaging virtual worlds. At the same time, he compared most of the current metaverse projects to virtual reality room meetings and explained, video game creators have an amazing ability to build compelling worlds that we want to go spend time in. For me, building a metaverse that looks like a meeting room I just find that's not where I want to spend most of my time. The problem is that this is actually, I'll share this with you. I just published a book yesterday. You know, it's called Origins of the Metaverse. One of my podcasts, or five of my podcasts, actually, I interviewed the founders and creators and adopters, the early adopters all around the world in the metaverse. And what they're doing is not just buzz. Okay, it's not just saying, oh, it's a metaverse, it's a cool thing, but have no idea. These people are building it, they're adopting it, they know how, and they have experience with it. And it looks like some of these CEOs are maybe, maybe short-sighted in their views, and they're not looking holistically at the whole world. Um, and, you know, um, should they be there? There's a question. Um, if, if you don't know what you're talking about, should you be there? Um, you know, so we have to improve education and, uh, maybe they can read my book and see what happens, but let me know your thoughts. Uh, so let's go to out of the U S because, you know, and go across the pond going across the pond is the UK. The UK has a new name for stable coins and a new bill to regulate crypto. Uh, it moved forward on the financial services and markets bill on October 25th, hardening its vision for Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and digital settlement assets in the country. The suggested bill proposes a range of measures to maintain and enhance the UK's position as a global leader in financial services, ensuring the sector continues to deliver for individuals and businesses across the country. The bill reasserts the UK's intention to become a global crypto hub. Uh, comments that are echoed by Lisa Cameron, the member of parliament and chairperson of the crypto and digital assets, all party parliamentary group. Cool. Uh, looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, UK is making strides. They've done a great job this year in 2022. And it'd be really interesting to see, you know, what comes forth. And one of those things that are coming forth is an NFT vending machine. 
an NFT vending machine to make digital art more accessible to be displayed at a London event. So multi-chain non-fungible token marketplace, my NFT has announced it will showcase its first ever physical NFT vending machine at this year's NFT dot London, NFT London event scheduled for November 2nd to 4, which is Tuesday, Tuesday through Thursday. The NFC platform hosts to provide an easy and accessible way for people who want to start buying and trading digital assets without needing deep knowledge of the Web3 industry. The vending machine will allow users to purchase an NFT without owning a digital wallet. So now, not only can you buy a Snickers bar, a Diet Coke, but you can buy an NFT on a, in a vending machine. Uh, so let me ask you, what are your thoughts on that? You know. So let's get out of Europe. Let's go to India. I talk about India too much recently. Web3 to inject 1.1 trillion in India's GDP by 2032, following 37x growth since 2020. The global Web3 boom is expected to add 1.1 trillion to the Indian economy over the next decade, supporting the investment-based momentum driven by 450 in-house startups, including CoinDCX, Polygon, and CoinSwitch. This was from a recent study from, by the National Association of Software and Service Companies, NASCOM, an Indian non-governmental trade association and advocacy group, highlighted uh, India's position as wanting to be a leading global player in the Web3 market due to several factors, including a large talent pool, which they do have, a high adoption rate, which they can have, and product development for international markets, which a lot of people, a lot of companies in the U.S. at least, are using India talent. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so really looking forward to see how that how it plays out. India has always been uh, an area of contention in crypto, um, and it looks like their their adoption is going to have a major role. So let's let's uh, let's hope for the best there. So Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong could also could be a key, uh, key for China's crypto comeback. So look, like China wants to have a comeback. And this is an opinion of Arthur Hayes, well-known, long-time uh, crypto guy, CEO, former CEO of derivatives giant BitMEX. He believes the next bull run will start when China moves back into the market. And Hong Kong has a vital role to play in this process. In his uh, October 26th blog entitled Comeback, Hayes outlined why he thinks the Hong Kong government's announcement about introducing a bill to regulate crypto is a sign China is trying to ease its way back into the market. This could be because Hong Kong acts as the proxy through which China interacts with the world. Now, um, I had an amazing um, interview with uh, Charles Dehasi, um, in Towards the end of 2021, um, and his book is called Black Kong. He was one of the early innovators there um, with Consensus, and um, Hong Kong has an incredible community uh, of crypto builders and developers. So that is very real, and um, we have to look at you know keep our eyes on 
when China is moving back into the market. And when they do, we should expect what Arthur's saying is we should expect a bull market. And, um, you know, that's a that's a that's a nice piece of insight. And we'll see if that plays out that way. Let me know your thoughts. And we will move on to Singapore from Hong Kong. Hong Kong and Singapore's mega rich are eyeing crypto, yeah, crispo, crypto investments, according to KPMG. Hong Kong and Singapore's wealthy elite appear to be looking at digital assets with a fervor. After a new report from KPMG suggested over 90% of family offices and high net worth individuals are interested in investing in the digital asset space or have already done so, according to report from this past Monday from KPMG China and Aspen Digital titled Investing in Digital Assets. As much as 58% of family offices and high net worth respondents in a recent survey are already investing in digital assets and 34% plan to do so, which leaves another 8% undecided. So um, hopefully they'll decide yes, and we will move forward beautifully. So uh, we're going to go to the Middle East right now, and the stands have not been a happy place. Kazakhstan is to build a central bank digital currency on BNB chain. In an announcement, uh, CZ, the founder uh, who we talked about earlier of Binance, said the network will be a major component of Kazakhstan's latest Web3 endeavor. He tweeted that the National Bank of Kazakhstan will integrate its central bank digital currency, the digital Tenge, on the BNB chain, the underlying blockchain of Binance. Uh, Cool. Looking forward to see how that goes. And maybe the stands will no longer be an unhappy place. They will be a wonderful place where everybody is enriched and empowered. And that'll be wonderful. Uh, so uh, we will fit. No, we have one more. We have one more we'll look at. We're going to go to down, to down under where the kangaroos are. Um, and I say that because the, the article has a picture of a kangaroo. Aussie federal budget reaffirms BTC won't be treated as a foreign currency. Uh, the first federal budget under Anthony Albanese led government has outlined that Bitcoin will continue to be treated as a digital asset and not as a foreign exchange asset and doesn't get taxed like a foreign exchange asset. The clarification comes in response to El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender in September last year with the Australian government essentially rolling out a shift in classification despite it being used as a currency in El Salvador and everywhere else around the world. Everywhere else around the world. Um, so federal budget was released on October 25, and states BTC will fall under the current tax treatment of digital currencies, including the capital gains tax treatment, where they are held as an investment. Wonderful. So, as a personal plug, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, this has been a wonderful conversation with uh, you all. Um, hoping, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, I brought you some insights. And um, another insight is I, in the past 14 days, I've published four books. Old Paradigms Die Hard, which is my Ukraine book. Um, and then one on authors uh, from Stuck to Unstoppable. Um I just published a metaverse book yesterday. Um, and then I have a DeFi book out too, Why Wall Street is Running Scared. 
Um, and they are. And why? Let me know your thoughts. Anyway, have a have a great week. Uh, and I'll see you next Friday.